Jesus. Mighty Father, right before you today are many nations, and my God and my Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, you have chosen at this hour to raise forth a very holy priesthood. raise forth servants for this moment at this very very critical hour in the history of the church and father in heaven we want to appreciate you for the blood and the cross of Jesus by the blood and the cross of Jesus you found it right and you deemed it fit that you would call forth you deemed it right and fit that you would call forth a priesthood that you'd raise them to stand before you and minister unto you Jehovah and for that we are forever grateful mighty father in the mighty name of Jesus and I ask you my father my Lord and my friend that in this consecration ordination election and enthronement that you are performing tonight here you will empower these people you give them strength zeal and power to serve Jesus with a resounding testimony thank you father in the mighty name of Jesus Amen Hallelujah Thank you so much Thank you indeed Now we are going to embark on a very important process here A process of consecration A process that will essentially separate you out unto the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, for Kenya, this is how it began.
step by step identifying them as the Lord spoke and then separating them out and instructing them on what this separation is all about continuous instruction and the gravity also laid and then in the process you see now they expanded they are quite a large number they have jurisdictions and they are handling the revival of the Lord at this hour and that is what will happen to you people too the consecrees that are here you're going to handle the matters of the Lord the revival of the Lord in your nations why is the Lord doing this at this hour that is where I want to begin in other words are you aware that the Lord is calling you at such a time a critical time in the history of the church are you aware that at this hour when the Lord calls you he really calls you at a very critical time in the life of the church This is the hour at which the announcement on the coming of the Messiah is being laid forth before the nations. And yet it is also the hour at which there is the greatest fall in the church. And then he chooses to call you now and separate you out that you may serve him at this hour. Well, at this moment, the Lord is not going to call preachers who are going to fall into apostasy. because that would be a tragedy for your nation hallelujah just that we may be a little clearer on this whole process here today this is not your ordinary calling because at this time there is the greatest fall in the church And so if the Lord is calling servants at this hour, then they are going to be preachers of righteousness. Hallelujah. Nothing else. That's why the Lord is calling now. Because 
because this is the hour for righteousness calling you now while there is a fall there has to be a distinction between you are calling and the other calling that has fallen why because the duty is different now while they may have heard uh, a bearing some clearance I don't know how they did what they did but they appear to have felt they had some leeway whereby they can fall you don't you don't have the opportunity to fall I don't know if there's even an opportunity if you fall number one you spoil for Jesus because now we are on the final stretch to deliver the church into the eternal kingdom of God behind you are millions of people behind you there are millions of people nations each one of you from a nation behind you there are millions of Italians millions of Chinese billions of Chinese millions of nationalities there are certain callings in which there is no falling this calling has no falling hallelujah and that's why we are gathered here today it is now very clear that the Messiah is coming And the duty you have, you are duty bound. You are weighed down by the, the, the weight, the weight of the job, of the duty. To prepare your nations for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And so, you cannot fall if you don't love yourself that much. If you don't love yourself that much to be able to re reject falling then at least love the nations you represent the people you represent for their sake you say no I will stand hallelujah the burden is heavy but like you have seen in the few days you've come here, the Lord does the job. He only wants you to be available.
Alléluia. Before we read, again, how will it look if you are cold now and then you fall? How will it look in the eyes of the world? Let me give my own example. The cloud has come and settled on these two. They speak to heaven and heaven obeys instant. They walk into the stadium and just their mere presence cripples get up. Blind eyes open. It's historic. Wonders. And when they preach righteousness, righteousness, holiness, holiness, repent, repent, they do that. The Messiah is coming. And you can see the Lord has transfigured them. He has done things, meaning He has invested heavily. How about if one day you heard they fell? So, do you understand now? There is no falling. In certain callings, there is no falling. Because how will the Lord now raise another and go and convince the world again? They said, no, the miracles were right. The wonders were right. The message was right. We thought it was this one. Heaven obeyed. Now look, another again. In certain callings, there is no falling. And the Lord will strengthen you. The Spirit of the Lord will fortify you, prioritize you. So you center the burden of Christ in your life more than anything else. What an awesome living! What a beautiful way to live. But now everything in front of you is the mission of the Christ, the burden of the Christ, preparing the nation, preparing the church, righteousness, right? How powerful, how beautiful. This is what the Lord is calling you into. But because I know you interact with the world, the raw world out there, I have to warn you about falling. You can't even fall doctrinally. Even by doctrine, you cannot fall. Of going and then changing the message of repentance to other things to suit your countries, or your circumstances, or your modernism, or your nations. You have to stay the course. 
your renunciation, your rejection of sin has to remain on a daily basis and increase. Hallelujah. That is why we are gathered here. Hallelujah. Not after a while that your message changes. No, no, please, no. Because that puts a heavy burden on me and then a lot of work behind the scenes. You f it feels more like you're pulling people back when they need to be making progress, the Messiah is coming. Hallelujah. And so, blessed people, point number two, the Lord is calling at such a time when the visitation of the Lord is in the house of the Lord. It is in the body of Christ. The visitation of the Lord. And listen to this now. I want to read a few scriptures here. There is no better example than the example of Israel. I always refer to because Israel is central as you know, right? Israel is central to all this. And so, the visitation of Jehovah is in the house. I want to believe that the fact that the Lord now is calling you has already awakened you up to the fact that I am being called out of the fact that my soul is awake and has recognized the visitation of Jehovah. Hallelujah. I have recognized it so he has called me because I am aware of the moment of the hour. It would be a tragedy if you don't recognize the hour of this visitation and the example we always take is the example of Israel when a big visitation was happening to Israel and they, they, they claimed let me use the word claimed they claimed that they did not have capacity to detect it can I read a little bit so that we can go to the event hallelujah Jesus is Lord. Behold, thy king is coming. Your king is coming. Then that's why you are being called. That you may go and prepare the nations. I mean you are nations Luke chapter 14 before we enter the service only three, three verses in Luke 14 I'm reading 
verse 31 to 34 or in King James or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 men to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000 men verse 32 or else while the other is yet a great way way off he, he sendeth an ambassage and desireth conditions of peace so like whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that his, he hath he cannot be my disciple I'll read the other version don't worry and then 34 he says salt is good but if the salt have lost his savour, wherewith shall it be seasoned? Let me just read the other versions, amplified. Or what king going out to engage in conflict with another king will not first sit down and consider and take counsel whether he is able with 10,000 men Fuertes in Spanish, I mean Davilus and then Bentimil Fuertes on the other side. Do you know that story? Yes, in Spanish. Again he says, Or oh, what king going out to engage in conflict with another king will not first sit down and consider and take counsel whether he is able with 10,000 men to meet him who comes against him with 20,000 men, strong men. Verse 32 he says, and if he does not, and if he cannot do so, when the other king is still a great way off, he sends an envoy and asks the terms of peace. So then, any of you who does not forsake, renounce, surrender, claim to, give up say goodbye to all he has he cannot be my disciple and so forth this is very powerful if you read that scripture later to your free time you find him saying that how can you start building a house if you are not sure that you cannot complete it and that's why the opportunity is going to be given to you here today. If you feel you cannot complete this, as I begin the service, you will be given an opportunity to step away. Did I make myself clear? It's not different from what is done with the Kenyans. But if you feel, ah, this is too heavy for me, you can step aside and the Lord will call somebody. Hallelujah. But anyhow, in the same scripture, he's saying you are calling here is because the king is coming. 
and so you have come now that you may inquire of the Lord what are the terms of peace that your nations may not be put to slaughter hallelujah that's why you are here that you may inquire Lord what are the terms of peace what are the things that belong to thy peace this was just to warn you then you will say the following rebuke those are the terms of peace that you may you submit to rebuke you must submit to rebuke and you say repentance those are the terms of peace I'm saying the message you are taking to your nations that they may have peace with the coming king rebuke to sin repentance meaning turning away from sin hallelujah reconciliation with God peace with God of course fear of God faithfulness righteousness holiness prudence trustworthiness there's so the list is endless those are the things you are supposed to bring to yourself and to your nations it's a repentance revival to reconcile nations with the Lord it's a call to holiness to the return return to holiness righteousness fear of God wisdom there are many trustworthiness can God trust you your nation can he trust you and when you go there then you teach them to be trustworthy to trust in the Lord there is so much today happening in the world hospitals cancer doctors surgeons medication they trust in the world but are you able to reach your people and cause your nations to go back to trusting in the Lord despite the modernism hallelujah what are the terms of your peace Lord we see you are coming I have come as an envoy to pick it and take it to them and tell my people in Italy in Spain in Amsterdam my people in Britain in Germany in New, at New Orleans in French Guiana in Maputo Cote d'Ivoire in, 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 in Angola every country here we have so we have uh, Austria Tanzania every, to, to go China go and Taiwan go tell them that look these are the terms of peace of the coming king can we reconcile the Lord is calling it to a very important office the book of Exodus 28 Exodus 28 verses maybe one two three or four just to emphasize what I want to say before we start the consecration service 
Exodus 28, Exodus 28, versículo 1 al 4. And then he says the following, I'm reading King James, I'll read the other again. He says, Exodus 28, 1 on, he says, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him, from among the children of Israel. Again, where is he separating Aaron and his sons from? Is he separating them from Egypt? No. No. He's separating them from God's people, from Israel. Take them and separate them out. You need to be very careful. He's separating them from Israel. He's putting them aside, not from Egypt, not from the world. And so he says, that he may minister unto me as the priest's office, or rather in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and beauty, for dignity and honor, depending on the version you're reading, I'll read another. And then he says, for glory and beauty, and thou shalt speak unto that, and unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I am filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they make they may that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, in the office of the priest. I can read another version. I can go this uh, to NIV. Have your brother Aaron brought to you from among the Israelites? along with his sons Nadab, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, so that they may serve me as priests, in NIV. Verse 2, he says, Make sacred garments for your brother Aaron to give him dignity and honor, the other one, beauty and glory, dignity and honor. Tell all the skilled men whom I have given wisdom in such matters that they are to make garments for Aaron for his consecration, so that he may serve me as priest. And then he lays out the garment. What am I trying to say here, uh, blessed people, very important people, that the Lord is using to remember nations at this hour? I'm saying that there is a separation but also is talking about a garment the priestly garment you'll wear that is being put on you now and it's a spiritual garment though it may have a physical uh, presentation or representation but even those not wearing are wearing that garment it's a spiritual garment the physical is just for to bring your eye to it but this garment being placed on you is a spiritual garment. Why? Because this garment is supposed to exude you. It's a symbol of your holy practice. Holy preaching. Holy living. Holy conductor. Conduct. Comportement in French. Holy. 
this is all the Lord is talking about. He's saying, can I explain this? He's saying in Israel, the priest wore the garment. And everybody could see that he is wearing the garment. And in that way, there was so much expectation of him. You see that now? You understand what I'm talking about here now? Even you now, there is going to be great expectation from you. There you go. There is no room for falling. Why? Because the garment stood Aaron out as the priest in that society, in that community. People went to him for counsel. He was the sample, the example. In that way, showed leadership to that community. And you too. So now your ways, your ways have to be beyond reproach. Above board. Because the nation will be looking up to you. Up to you. We heard that you've eaten from the Lord's table. Can you help us and teach us how to prepare for the coming of the Messiah? That may be another pastor asking you. We've heard that you've eaten from the Lord's table. We've heard that you've come here pregnant with this new visitation, new vision the Lord has brought to the church. Can you please share with us? And then you'll find yourself in a unique place of leadership and guidance. And that's why your conductor, your conduct has to be above board, beyond the reproaches of this world. Does that mean the enemy will not attack you? Absolutely no. From today on as you go, you become the primary target. You must be aware of that also. Because he knows if he does not prepare Pastor Peace County and my son from Salvador, Ciudad Salvador, and then the president here, the two presidents of the Pastors Fellowship, he knows very well. He knows if you are not prepared, he can now joke around with Peru. He can play with them, eat with them. He can enter the church and worship with them. But for you, you are coming here with a fire. Tutiene fuego nueva ahorita. Tutomara ki fuego nueva ahorita. Diabos también saber. En conoce, en conoce. Como ahorita tutiene mucho fuego. Para regresar a Perú, preparar iglesia de tu país. Iglesia de Perú. Él sabe. Por eso, él, he will try. He will try to attack you, not the others, you. Because you'll go to Peru and say, no, 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 Peru. Peru, no. Let us stop everything. We cannot do things as usual. I am from Kenya. I have seen the latter revival that was promised in the Bible. Yes. The enemy knows this. That's why I'm saying the fact that the Lord will shield you does not mean you won't be a target of the enemy. I'm just cautioning you. But he will fight your battles. He will fight for you. But I'm saying that there's a very important caution here. 
that he is aware you have been equipped you have been prepared by a certain fire you have sat where the cloud of God has descended and you are going back with a new zeal and he knows enemigo he knows the enemy he knows that you are not going to be compromising he knows that very well you are not compromising he knows that in italy you are going to stand whether it means breaking friendship you are going to do so say so no i want the agenda of the messiah for this hour to be established in this country he knows he knows so it's very important you are aware that the enemy might attack you with another zeal another level but don't worry jesus must always win siempre 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 all the time he must always win hallelujah and so the lord is going to invest in you now i don't want to hear that you wavered no 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 please no no the stakes are too high the messiah is coming if you waver what will happen cameroon so you cannot waver the zeal has to increase because this is a beautiful revival you have seen it it's a beautiful revival very beautiful it's the revival of holiness revival of righteousness of the coming of the messiah and the wonders and the miracles and the latter glory is very powerful you know that so please don't fall hallelujah i don't have much to say because i want to begin the service but you know very well you can take the example of he that speaks with you here and you can see that he is very unrelenting at one point they said he's a lone ranger he's walking alone why but that is just his mold that's how they were molded and for a long time you can imagine they walked in this land people didn't know they were two one time i tried to introduce that fact it was too complicated until i dropped it 2011 they gave the prophets then i stepped out i started telling them but the one that speaks to me looks exactly like he that speaks with you then they said what is that you that is spooky so i stepped out of it for ease of navigation and facilitation but a moment of truth would have to come one day when, when when being infant ends and people are mature now but all i'm saying is this in that walking then only later they realize he was walking with jehovah himself and so you're not going to be alone but all i'm saying is that you cannot compromise on the matters of sin on matters of righteousness there is no compromise you cannot accept to take a lower position let them convert into you not you into them you've sat at the lord's table you've feasted at the lord's table you've eaten here at the lord's table look at the big table the lord laid up in akuru hallelujah so i'm going to begin the formal process 
uh, service, the ordination service shortly. But I just wanted us to have a general talk, to ventilate on some of these things that caution, caution you to be careful. This is not ordinary. And just be careful. Society knows they are not young. When you fall, they will tell. Ah, oh, it is terrible. If you fall, they are going to be aware. They can tell. Your word will weaken. They will see the presence of God leaving you and all this, you know. That's the most terrible place to be at this hour, right? You cannot fall now. No, nobody falls now in this place. You cannot. I'm saying if somebody is being called young today, when you're young and married, if you, you, you just come with fire. But when the time comes to get married, you just get married correct and in a holy way. That, that's all I'm saying. Everything in your life must gravitate around the agenda for the Messiah at this time. Hallelujah. And so, I want to go into the main service, uh, the, the main ordination service, but the last thing I want to say. Do you remember when his cloud came down at the advent of liberating Israel from Egypt? The cloud commissioned that servant, right? And the same cloud commissioned Josue, Joshua, right? Before the fall of Jericho, right? And that same cloud is now commissioning you. Hallelujah. He's commissioning you to do what? He's commissioning you to go and own up God's battle and do God's battle do battle on God's behalf in order to liberate God's people from the current apostasy and sin sin there is an enslavement to sin right now so you really have to go and give it your all but remember he does fight those battles he only needs your availability beloved people hallelujah you are faithful and honest availability. Then he will do the battles. Big exploits. I see a big global revival from you. Hallelujah. Big global revival from you. Hallelujah. So now, as we go into the ordination service, I'm going to be addressing myself to them. But by extension, that is you. Okay, now. As I begin this formal, formal service, ordination service, I may be addressing myself to the consecrees. But essentially to you all, really. Because you, there is an empowerment that's happening here that goes beyond just them. Next time, who knows, it is you who will be sitting here in the next few months. Hallelujah. And because of the authority conferred upon me, the senior most leaderships that are here, the Lord is also going to consecrate you. So blessed people, I bless the Holy Spirit for allowing me 
to come before you today in this very mighty consecration service. I'm, I'm going to read. I'm going to read some things because there are some points I want to make sure they are said here before the consecration service. I just want to make sure those points are said so we are clear by the time consecration takes place. If one will feel they are not able to handle, that's the moment I will ask them. That's why I have to say everything. I will ask them to step aside. So I'm very blessed to come before you in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And coming before you is a privilege of the blood and the cross of Jesus the Messiah that by his everlasting sacrifice he has now permitted the calling of a priesthood even from the Gentile nations and he's calling the Gentile church at this hour to be able to prepare the way for the glorious coming of the Messiah now, the bishop, the, 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 the ministry of the office you are going into, the ministry of the archbishop, the bishop, in other words, the priesthood that you are being called into today, is a ministry of Christ. Again, let me be clear about this. The ministry that you are being called into today, the office, whether you are being called into the office of senior archbishop, bishop, presiding bishop of jurisdiction, or priestly office, whichever way you want to put it, I just want to make this very clear, that that ministry you are entering into is the ministry of Christ Jesus the Lord, to begin with. And once we are clear on that, then we can move very powerfully, now knowing uh, the responsibility. It is the ministry of Christ Jesus himself who is the principal sacrifice that died for the church that you are going to minister in. And therefore, after his death and resurrection, he has become the principal shepherd of the church, the souls of men. And he has also become the high priest. As we mentioned in the conference, the high priest seated on the right hand side of the father who is busy interceding for the church. That is the ministry you are entering into. And so for the consecrees, those of you who are going to be consecrated and ordained here, so therefore, your consecration and ordination is essentially going to be a calling, a call. Of God calling you, a call unto you on your life. Of God calling you to share in the ministry of Christ. And to share in the glorious works of the Christ. 
proclaim his name to this dark world. And to help build up, develop, and edify the church of Christ for which he paid such a horrendous price to help give leadership to the church of Christ in which he is the head he is the head so you can imagine the ministry you are entering into you are directly under the authority of the Christ I don't want there to be any mistakes so that when you go out and the Lord begins to expand you to increase you and then you think you are not under the Christ no you are being called directly into the ministry that Christ himself is the head of the ministry he that died for that church this church okay you know too well that Jesus commissioned his disciples equip them and send them and he sent them to the world the dark world to proclaim forth the glorious gospel of light the light of Christ So in the same way as Jesus commissioned his first disciples he will today commission these consecrates gathered here before your eyes and before the Lord that they may go to do that very mission for which he commissioned the first disciples hallelujah it has not changed it's the mission of repent receive the gospel the kingdom of God is near in the process of commissioning you you are going to be given responsibility in other words you are going to be mandated with the role of witnessing Christ the duty of witnessing Christ to the perishing world and preaching the good news of the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ to this dark world so you understand the mission I just wanted to mention these points that we are all 
clear by the time consecration takes place here to do the ministry of the Christ under the Christ the head of the church that died for the church and to bring light to the perishing world to proclaim forth proclaim forth the salvation the good news that Jesus has already gone to the cross and defeated death and is risen on high and soon is coming for the church that is the gospel that is the mission every works you are involved in must gravitate around that to the consecrates if you will be blessed and successful today in the following examination that is ahead of us here because I will examine you then your calling and duty beginning from today going forward shall be to proclaim repentance away from sin and the upholding of holiness in the salvation of Christ Jesus the Messiah I've mentioned two duties there twofold to proclaim forth repentance from sin that people may repent and come to the Lord and when they repent and come to the Lord to help them uphold holiness until the Messiah comes okay your duty therefore must involve the rebuking of sin and apostasy which as you know has plagued the present day church repentance upholding righteousness and being sensitive to the things of apostasy when they show up put it down put it down to maintain the righteousness of the Lord in the process of this ordination service to the consecrates I am going to require of you that you confirm to me your commitment to this priority this priority of preparing the church a holy church for the glorious coming of the Messiah I'm going to require that you confirm to me that your cardinal duty in each of your respective jurisdictions and nations will be to go and take the church of Christ 
and begin to prepare the church of Christ that she may not face inside but to turn around to face out outwards that the world may see the light of Christ the salvation of the Messiah in the church of Christ and go to the house of the Lord that is the purpose in other words I'm saying evangelism is going to be your role the outreach reaching out for the souls you are not going to church church and contain it within these bounds here your purpose is going to be to bring repentance uphold righteousness and preach holiness as you are reaching out to the lost souls that is our cardinal duty as a church that when the Messiah comes we will have made disciples for Christ from the world that is the commissioning statement of the church that remains put it's a foundation that you must uphold right and in so doing you are going to proclaim forth to the world the following words that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever will believe in Christ Jesus the Lord will not perish but will enter into this beautiful abundant eternal life that is going to be your commission that that statement will be your mission statement all the time saying it announcing it proclaiming it shouting it crying it out that you may harvest your nation into the salvation of Christ that is your mission for God so loved the world